in Taiwan Talk this week. Because you're never sure, is your experience, or your insights of interest to anybody? You don't know. Hong Kong-based author Mark O'Neill has made a name for himself writing books based on history. In fact, when we first spoke to O'Neill, it was to talk about his work on the National Palace Museum. But in a rare departure from that, O'Neill has released a memoir titled The Island. His latest book covers the years he spent here in Taiwan. He begins by explaining the process of writing this particular memoir at the urging of publisher Graham Earnshaw, who he references. And while he concedes writing a memoir it sounds easy, it was not as simple as he thought it would be. Of course, writing about Taiwan is more complicated. The history of Taiwan, the history since 45, I mean, many things are more complicated than Ireland. So there was more editing involved. Graham sent it to Taiwan people, non-Taiwan people. They had comments. One guy, particularly in Taiwan, was quite angry about sections, so his criticisms were very helpful. And it's much better to learn those before you publish than after. So I made some revisions. So it's, of course, it's easier than doing a book which is based entirely on research, because a lot of it is in your memory. Or in Hong Kong, you know, our apartment's so small, we have no space for anything. So we rent cabinets in an old factory building, like many Hong Kong people do. So in there, I found many of the letters that I wrote, I received when I was in Taipei. Taipei. So they were absolutely invaluable because they are an account of what was going on at that time. So that's not from memory, that's what was written. So that enabled me to give a good account of what it was like 81 to 83, a lot of details which I didn't remember. And then I visited Taiwan frequently after that. But that still also required research because if you're writing about the Presbyterian Church in Taiwan, the Taiwanese language, political developments here, I mean, you have to do research for that so as not to make mistakes. So, yes, it's easier than writing a a book about the National Palace Museum, but still, it it does require a lot of work. You mentioned that there was somebody here who read your book, wasn't very happy and got quite angry. Can you go into that a little bit? Because they're your memories of what happened here, right? How does somebody react to those memories by being displeased about them? Well, There's a chapter here about the Presbyterian Church and the Taiwanese language. So, he didn't like this chapter. Because? Well, I described what I had heard and seen, what people had said to me on these topics. But this gentleman evidently is a Waishang Ren, that was very clear. And there are two narratives in Taiwan. And these narratives, they don't overlap a lot. They're in conflict. So I'm not a Taiwanese, I don't understand these issues very profoundly, so all I can do is present them. But this man felt that I was leaning too much on the green narrative, and I must be more balanced, especially on the language issue, because some of the people I interviewed were very pro the Taiwanese language. And his point was, it was not Taiwanese versus Mandarin, because many of the mainlanders who came were not actually Mandarin speakers. They spoke Ningbo dialect, Shanghai dialect, Fujian dialect, Sichuan dialect. So Mandarin was a a common language for everybody, including many of the mainlanders. And I I thank him for this, because of course this is true, and I revised the text to make this more clear. But as I say, I think it's impossible to reconcile these two narratives as to what the history of Taiwan is. What made you decide to write about your time here 
Well, I, mean, I, think, I, think, I think I have to thank Graham for this because Graham liked the book about the one called Art of Ireland. So I thought, well, if he, if he likes this personal narrative about Ireland and life of the Irish outside of Ireland, well, I can do the same with Taiwan. And I think Taiwan is the most interesting subject, extraordinary story. And I have very fond feelings for Taiwan. So, and there's a lot to say. I mean, so much has happened, and it's, it's, what's happened here is a miracle. I mean, I came in 81, you know, it was martial law, strict, strict country, one-party system, all the media was the same. The level of economic development was quite limited, um, mostly consumer goods, clothing, TVs, microwave ovens, of course, a very big defense budget. Taiwan has very few resources of its own. The prospects were not all that good. We look at Taiwan today, and especially from the economic side, the developments in the IT sector, computers, semiconductors, and so on, are really astonishing. And they're not due to any gift from heaven, oil or gold beneath the ground. It's entirely due to the hard work and the creativity of Taiwan people. Their own study, going abroad to study, going to Japan, going to the United States, you know, creating institutions, research centers, companies, and turning this research into products which are now sold all over the world. And this has gone on at the same time as this democratic transformation, which has happened without blood. I mean, there's lots of arguments, fighting, I mean, very intense, but not coup d'etats or assassinations. So the economic development has continued at the same time as this democratic transformation and this flourishing of a civil society. Yeah, I think it's remarkable. What would you say is one of the most compelling narratives within your book that you'd like to share? I think it's the wisdom of the Taiwan people because they have created this miracle. Of course, they've had a lot of help from the United States, from Japan, from other foreign countries. But none of that was a given. I mean, it, these other countries will only help you if it's in their interest to help you. So you have to give them reasons to help you. So the country has developed with their help, but mainly because of the hard work, diligence, ingenuity of the Taiwan people. And of course, since 49, they've faced the threat at any time of invasion or blockade or you know, anything's possible. And a big defense budget, less now than before, but still substantial. Yeah, I think it's admiration for what they've done and what they've achieved. Is there anything that you left out that you'd want to have had put in for whatever reason? Uh, yeah, there are a few things I want to put in, but I, I don't dare to <laughs> <laughs> repeat them on this interview for the same reason I didn't put them in the book. <laughs> right. Okay, then. And what do you want people to take away from reading the book? What do you want them to see that you saw? Well, you know, my friends and relatives in Europe, they have a little understanding of China, a little bit, not much, but a little. But Taiwan, it's, it's zero. You know, in, in the West, and perhaps the USA is an exception, but certainly in Europe or the rest of the world, Taiwan is absent and there's no recognition of what's happened here or what's going on now, and it's, it's, it's completely off the map. So if my book can contribute to making the people in the rest of the world more aware of what's happened here and what's going on now, then I'll be very happy. Because I, I, I don't think my book will be of much interest to Taiwanese people who live in Taiwan, because, of course, they know their country much better than I do. 
So I guess our main market will be for foreigners who live here, foreigners who come here, or foreigners who've not come here, but are interested to find out about it. Okay, so if you had to come up with a one-liner where you say, or maybe a two-liner, where you pick up my book because, what do you want that takeaway to be? Well, I would say it's one of the most important countries in Asia. Its achievements in the last 40 years are extraordinary, comparable with the other you know, Asian tigers. And it's a story you don't know. So my book is quite short. It's easy to read. Uh, you know, it's not full of sort of detailed academic analysis. It's, you could read it on a plane. You could read it on the train. <laughs> so maybe in two or three hours, you could get a very comprehensive understanding of, of Taiwan. And it would help you to do that. You were listening to author Mark O'Neill discussing his book, The Island. Now, if parts of this episode caught your interest, you can catch this and past episodes of Taiwan Talk on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you download your podcasts. I'm Hope Go. Thank you for tuning in.